hello there. You're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is A Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. <laughs> hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. And frankly, I've never been more excited. Uh, oh because we have, we have a guest. <gasps> not quite unprecedented scenes, but no. it has been some time. Uh, but we're delighted to welcome... Uh, I'm just checking my notes here. Uh, theme park expert and analyst, Ab- <laughs> Abhishek Rolands. Is that am I getting that right? Yeah, close. It's Abhishek Rolandi. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. How are you? <laughs> how's it? Go- how's it going? Very well. Very well. Cannot complain. How are you, Tom? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm on a bit of a I'm on, I'm on a bit of a sugar rush, I must say. It's um as of recording, it's my sister's birthday and uh as I'm working later, we've opened uh she's opened my presents already and part of them were a, a box of donuts from Donut Time. Have you guys been there before? Nope. I've not. I've been to a similar establishments but not Donut Time. I'm uh, looking forward to maybe getting there when I get back to the city. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's. I thought I'd bring it up here because it's not dissimilar from, you know, Voodoo Donuts at Universal Studios or the, uh, uh, what's the new one at Disney Springs, Josh? Do you remember? No. Is it Everglazed? Oh, it might be, yeah. Basically. That's a great name. Monstrous donuts that are enormous and covered in ridiculous amounts of extra toppings and creams and icing and all that kind of stuff so there's one downstairs that's topped with cookie dough and bits of brownie and there's there's a lotus one which is kind of like a jam it's like a filled donut it's filled with lotus cream or whatever you might call it and then topped with a lotus biscuit there's one that is basically the simpsons donut the bright pink one and then there's another one down there i think it's a kinder bueno one so yeah you know it's a, a coronary in every bite and <laughs> sorry is this your sister's birthday present or is it a present for you no Both. it was from me for my sister oh yes. but you've just been eating them well she broke into them and you know i'm not going to be here later for cake and stuff so i thought i would uh, indulge somewhat i only had Eat a, your own like birthday a, present to your sister Yes, it was a very strategic present. That's what I like to do. You know, every Father's Day, I'll buy a couple of Blu-rays that I personally would also quite like to watch. (laughs) And when it's my sister's birthday, I'll buy cake that I would also like to eat. And uh, this year, donuts. So, yeah, strategic. Perfectly fair enough. I do the same thing with whiskey for my dad's birthday as well. Fair play, fair play. Um, Now, uh, moving on, I guess, the reason you are here... uh, Abby, and just to be clear, well, I don't know. Maybe you are a theme park expert analysis and <laughs> and, and, and analyst, but uh, you're actually here because you joined us on our long-awaited return to Thorpe Park this I week. I did. I did. I think it was the first time that I've ever been to a proper British theme park. I mean, I went to Chessington's when I was like nine, but never been to Thorpe Park. Um, well, I guess like one of the co-hosts of this podcast, surprisingly. Uh, yes, that's true. I'm... I regularly question why I've been doing a podcast with Josh all this time when until this week he hadn't even stepped foot into Thorpe Park. It was (laughs) quite how he's made it this far. I don't know. But do your scores of listeners know that about you or have I just outed you? 
No, that no, it's it's a running joke that I uh, I am maybe the only person in the world who does a theme park podcast, despite having little to no experience of the theme parks where he actually lives. Yeah, which is your a, closest one. A damning indictment of of my entire profession as a theme park podcaster, obviously. Yes, um, uh, of course. The most noble of professions. Yes, indeed, and the most well paid of them, also. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Also, though, something of a reunion. We, we used to do a podcast together about films and video games and, I guess, sort of other sort of nerdy pop culture. Uh, yeah. used, to, used to record it in the same room. Do you remember when we were allowed to do that kind of stuff? I know, I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. How many years ago is that? Must have been at least, what, four? Uh, since the very last High School Reviews podcast, as it was known, that would have been... When when did we kill that? Twenty fifteen? Would that be correct? So yeah, going on for six years. We did party chat after that though for a little bit. Yeah. Oh and yeah, we that's did some true. Far stuff. Yes. Um, you you invited me back for another very appropriate thing for me to be on, which was a dating podcast when we talked about our bad dating stories. Um, <laughs> yes. Despite me at the time never having had gone on a date, and now you're inviting me back for a theme park podcast. Despite me getting motion sickness on roller coasters. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well. I, th- I think that will come go up ahead. a lot more as we go on in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure it will. We'll try not to um, just you know keep your hands and feet inside your podcast studio at all times, and we'll try not to go too fast because we don't want to make you feel ill. <clears throat> Thank we'll you. Try, we'll try our best, but uh, yeah, no. The uh, we'll, we'll keep this podcast. This podcast will feel brief as all hell compared to the epics of years gone by. I mean, that post Eurogamer Expo podcast is the stuff of legend. I don't think I've ever spent as much time doing a single thing as I did doing that podcast, which I'm pretty sure was about eight hours long. And listen by, by two people, Domino's Pizza. <laughs> yes, <laughs> two people. One exactly. of which is Paul, who would later went on to work for us as well. Work for us. He's <laughs> <laughs> an employee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, uh, good to have you on, Abby, and uh, I'm sure plenty of expert views will be forthcoming. But yes, as of, of recording, we are three days out, three days later from our Thought Park trip. Within what it'd been, it reopened a week before from lockdown. Not fully yet because. Indoor hospitality doesn't reopen here in the UK until uh, May 17th, so there are no indoor rides open at Thorpe Park or any theme parks in the UK at the moment, but still plenty to do. And I don't know if we're going to go through the whole park. We did do a Thorpe Park trip report last summer when Josh went after the first lockdown. But um, no, I think worth, I guess, getting uh, Abby and my uh, takes on the rides, given that we hadn't done them before. And uh, Abby, as you said, you come at it from the uh, novel perspective of having been made to feel incredibly sick. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it didn't start off like that. I think the first two rides that we went on, I was absolutely fine. But I think it's corkscrews. Corkscrews are what does me in. So, um, and teacups, that was, obviously. Well, and teacups, yeah. I mean, I, I refuse to ever go on teacups because I know that's going to happen. Um <laughs> I think I think um, when we went to Disneyland, I think you talked about it on your podcast afterwards because I'm pretty sure that's the only one of these that I've listened to. <laughs> Same. Um, wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the first one we went on was the Swarm, 
um, which I was absolutely fine on. And then we went on stealth, fine on that as well. But when we got to Nemesis Inferno, wow, that was unbelievable for me. I just felt terrible for the entirety of the the remainder of the day. Is ne- Nemesis Inferno is isn't that the sister coaster of your favourite coaster ever, Josh? Uh, it is, is yes. Right? The Nemesis is at Alton Towers. That is correct. I think the the way Abby felt on Nemesis Inferno would probably be doubled on uh, the OG Nemesis. So Nemesis Inferno was a, an inverted flawless coaster. I didn't find it too bad, to be fair, because I think the the for my money we did the most extreme coasters right off the bat. So mm. um, Swarm being. I actually, I think my favourite of the day, just because it was the newest coaster and so it was noticeably smoother than a lot of the ones we went on later in the day, especially yeah. Colossus, which I found quite rough. And then mm. Stealth was unlike anything I'd ever done before. Uh, for people who don't know, it's basically, it's just one launch out of the station at the start, taking you naught to 80 in about two seconds, straight up a top pat and then straight back down and then essentially just round back to the station. is not really anything more to it than that but it is a it is a huge adrenaline rush to put it mildly and i felt like once i got that one out of the way the rest of it was fairly plain sailing until we started going on some of the flat rides and it was one of those that actually did me in probably a, a poorly timed ride given the just stuffed down a burger king but yeah the <laughs> coasters themselves were okay but other than that but but the flat rides were what caused me more issues i think but is, that, is that what you expected josh did you expect to did you expect us to be such weeds about this theme park? Um, I anticipated it a little from Abby based on our Disneyland experiences. Um, yes. <laughs> if I'm honest, I expected uh, better from you, Tom, with your uh, Bush Gardens oh. um, love. I guess it's true. Appreciation. It's true. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't recall the last time that I just flat out refused to go on a roller coaster until Wednesday because, um, yeah, once we'd, I guess we did our first lap doing all the big coasters, then we did then we did the flat rides and then we kind of did a last hurrah on uh, Stealth and Swarm before we left, but it was at that point that I'd been made to feel pretty queasy by Samurai. Is there a name for that ride, like a type, is that... Is, that, is there a that name for the a, specific type of ride that Samurai is? So that we can that kind of explain it. It's called a top it. scan. Top scan. Yeah, I found that deeply Mondial. unpleasant. And, um, there's, um, so the Soul Spin at Knott's Berry Farm is a similar ride, if you know, if anyone of the listeners knows that one. Um, or Top Scan at Adventureland. The closest I'd been on was uh, Sandstorm at Bush Gardens, which is very much a sort of kid-friendly version of that kind of ride. Yeah, I I went on this. I went into this one fairly blind, and I found it unpleasant. Not helped by the fact that we essentially did it one and a half times because someone managed to squeeze their arms through the restraints. Uh, yeah, that's quite impressive. On the first time, and they they had to stop it. I don't know how they managed that, but fair play to them. Um, I loved it. Yeah. It's one of my favourite rides at Thought Park. Um, I didn't manage to get on it uh, when I went last year. Because they weren't allowing single riders at the time, but oh Ooh, boy, single riders. So the uh, the longer you know ride time that we managed to get was uh, very exciting for me. Yes, I I must admit, lo- looking at it beforehand, I I was thinking, oh, I don't know, but this looks unpleasant. And then actually riding it, I just kind of found it quite funny. And then, but then afterwards, I started to feel a bit queasy again. But 
yeah, I did. I didn't mind it. I like like you say. I was surprised someone did manage to squeeze their arms through the uh, restraints. I think that was a legit, a legit reason to stop the ride. <laughs> I I did find otherwise like a lot of the uh, tannoy announcement announcements on the ride being, hey, make sure your mask, you, you keep your mask on. And to be honest, I don't think people. And this was my first experience of a pandemic era theme park and having to wear masks on rides. And I don't know about you guys, but. I found it really hard to stop the mask just falling down my face on some of these high-speed coasters. It just kept coming. It just kept feeling like it was about to fly off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on stealth, the wind's blowing so fast in your face that the mask just kept coming down. It was not staying on. Yeah. Um, no. I I personally didn't have an issue with it. Uh, stealth. Uh, I had a slight issue when we was on the front row when we went on it a second time. Um, it came mm. down slightly, but other than that, I felt pr- my mask pretty pretty secure and how did you find these sort of covid protocols this time compared to last year were they pretty much the same or were they more strict in some ways uh i would say they were less strict than last time in a way obviously we weren't allowed in the restaurants they were shut that was fairly easy to do but i would say that people were following the rules less this time around um with the social distancing um, and the rides seemed to be getting cleaned less often, and they weren't that fussed about bunching and that sort of thing, whereas they were mm. a little bit more so previously. I Other than on Samurai, them clean the ride once. We saw them uh, clean Samurai. Yes, queuing for that uh. one. What, what did you What did you make of it, Abby? As a as a qualified uh, junior doctor, was was this a COVID <laughs> secure environment in your eyes? Well, to be honest, I don't really think I saw anything that was so. We we queued for, what, 40 minutes for Saw, and they put out yellow dots on the floor so that everyone stayed two metres apart. But absolutely nobody was following it at all. Um, everyone was just... It was a free-for-all, basically. Um, so definitely, I don't think social distancing was enforced. Like I said, I personally didn't see them clean any rides, but that's because I didn't go on the Samurai one. Um, but I, I assumed that they would be I don't know, giving them a quick spray after every rotation, but obviously not. And in terms of mask wearing, very variable. I think on the rides, the rules were on the rides you have to wear them, but walking around the park you obviously didn't. Um, and I would probably say, what, 40, 50% of people maybe wore them while walking around and the rest didn't. So, yeah, obviously the indoor places were shut and you had to wear your mask indoors. I think I saw everyone doing that. But, yeah, I think it was pretty much as COVID safe as you're going to make it, really without how do they limit numbers that's one thing that i wanted to ask because obviously the queues were only about three or four minutes for some of the rides uh yeah the numbers are definitely uh limited you have to book beforehand whereas you used to be able to just turn up on the day and buy a ticket that's not very that's not possible at the moment and right uh you used to uh to try and get the numbers up they used to basically anything you bought butter cereal the sun newspaper everything came with a two-for-one for for the theme parks. Um, And so you turn up and you pay 45 quid for two tickets rather than paying 35 quid each. Uh, Yeah, very much the numbers were lowered there and they're not putting out the vouchers so that they can try and keep the numbers lower as well, I guess. It felt less busy than when I went last time. I mean, even so, I was surprised. I was surprised by the amount of youths, these rapscallions around. (laughs) I thought they were meant to be at school. But, you know, apparently they were there smelling, uh, sniffing or smoking 
Well, weed. Am I right in saying that? I don't. <laughs> marriage this is weed that I heard so much. Of. Yeah, marriage, marijuana. Yeah. No, oh, no. Apparently, it was rife, but apparently, it, I also cannot smell it. <laughs> it was surprisingly rife um, for such a, I guess, dense sort of theme park. Like it's quite. It's not like there's lots of open space mm. to like kind of wander off into kind of nowhere. It's. There are sort of those sort of sections, but they're not that far off the beaten path. Um, so it was a little surprising yeah. to me. Well, yeah, yeah, it is quite dense, and there's not sort of a great amount, or it didn't seem like there is a huge amount of rhyme or reason to the layout of the park. There's not sort of, I mean, you have the, you have the sort of Angry Birds area, and you have a little bit that's kind of themed to what is it called, Amity, and there's kind of some Jaws yeah. vibes going on there, but. By and large, it's not hugely themed, you know, as you're walking around, there's not a huge amount of attention paid to things like sight lines and making you feel immersed in any one particular zone or area. You get a little bit of that going to Swarm because it's off on its own little island and there's a kind of a little bit more anticipation that builds as you're walking up towards that ride. But I guess otherwise, there's not too much sort of land theming, shall we say, there's that little Wild West kiddie area where, Abby, you had the uh, unique theme park experience of taking a meeting. <laughs> yep, I had a meeting with the medical program director at my hospital, <laughs> making sure that everyone's well-being was fine after COVID. Um, I definitely didn't tell him that I was in a theme park while we were in that meeting. Well, you, um, you were taking every- a much-needed um, day for yourself to... Uh, realign uh, your chakras so that you could perform at your best while in exactly. uh, surgery or being a doctor or whatever you do exactly yeah like you said on the day it was a well-being day which yes I had. but it was quite well, funny because every couple of minutes there's a big announcement over the tannoy and at that point i was just like made sure to cover the microphone <laughs> <laughs> i mean it would have made some outstanding viral content to just take the call on the front of a ride I'm t- I don't know what would have been, what would have made the best TikTok in terms of taking a meeting on that ride. Like stealth, maybe, but I'm not sure the ride's quite long enough to sustain. No. You know, unless you go on to stealth already in the meeting and get the, the rush of the launch, sort of just suddenly take the uh, people on the call by surprise. Maybe saw because you get a bit of jigsaw VO, VO that might just intrude upon whatever you're actually meant to be talking about. That might be quite fun. Just jigsaw laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, I quite like the idea of Colossus. Like you, you're just at the beginning of the meeting, you're up, you're going up the chain lift. You're like nothing's kind of chill, and all of a sudden you're just dropping straight into a loop. Yeah, and you're doing ten corkscrews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like to my memory, um, Colossus is the one with the kind of with with the with more corkscrews going on. But it it was Nemesis is the one that made you feel the most queasy. Not no, blocks. so Nemesis Nemesis started things off. So I was fine after both Stealth and the Swarm, but Nemesis mm. started everything off. But Colossus was definitely the worst one by far. Um, because after Colossus, we had a bit of a wait to get on the next one, which was Saw. And we were in that queue for about 40 minutes. So at the start of it, I said, you know, this is actually quite good because it gives me time to just settle down, calm my stomach a little bit. But literally, even when we got on the ride, I was still really queasy. Um, so it was definitely Colossus, which is the worst one. Yeah, to be fair, of the coasters, Colossus was probably the worst one for me as well. Is that the oldest one in the park? Yeah, so Colossus has been there since uh, 2002. Um, it's a 
Intamin, uh, like steel coaster, like, you know, bog standard sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it was designed by, oh God, I can never remember his name. Not John Wardley or? Yes. He's the nemesis guy. Oh, is he it him as well? Guy. He was involved in that as well. Yeah. Um, he was, he was a bit more higher level at this point, but yes, he was involved as well. And it's, it was, you know, it's, it's been, I guess, Thought Park's main attraction for quite some time. It's, it's looping nature as means it comes back again and again. Um, there's a TV show at the moment in the UK called A League of Their Own Road Trip. And whoever loses, uh, it's like a, they go on this road trip and they do challenges every week. Um, and whoever loses over the whole series then has to do Colossus 10 times in a row. That sounds horrendous. I think it sounds fine. I'll, I'll be well up for it. I'll give it a go. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Odd. But, but Colossus bills itself as being the, it's at the first coaster in the world with 10 inversions. Yes. Uh, although in fairness, it does sort of like uh, squeeze about five of them in right at the end where it just does five back-to-back corkscrews or four back-to-back corkscrews. Uh, which, heartline uh, rolls, Tom. Oh, Heartline Rolls, my apologies. I, I actually found that part of the ride, that was probably my favourite bit of the ride, just because it was quite novel. I hadn't gone through something like that before, and I didn't find it too rough, whereas for an extended portion of the ride, once you get out of the chain lift and uh, are kind of on the ride proper, it does throw you around a bit, and my, I was bashing my head on the on the, on the the restraint quite a bit, on the overhead restraint, and I was, I think, the closest point of comparison to something I've done before would probably be Kumba at Busch Gardens or maybe Hulk pre-renovation where Hulk was starting to feel a bit rough. Um, that's how Colossus was kind of making me feel like. And even just purely based on the look of that ride, it, it looks its age. The um, the track could at the very least do with a repaint, I think. But I, I think, you know, you compare it to Swarm and it's night and day in terms of how smooth the experience is and it could do with some TLC if not a complete you know tear it down and build it again kind of thing I think uh yeah I mean it, it's it has been repainted uh, I'm not sure the last time it was repainted obviously but um it does need a lick of paint again but it would certainly be the first on the chopping well I'm not sure if it would be the first on the chopping block it is the oldest there but I'm not sure whether Nemesis Inferno would be the first on the chopping block as it's just not as well regarded as um, Colossus or Nemesis in uh, Alton Towers. But it did have that hardcore duck. It did have just, the hardcore duck. Just chilling true. near that bit of track where you uh, swoop really close oh. down to the ground. And <laughs> someone with particularly long legs who anticipated the appearance of the duck probably could have swung a leg at it and kicked it in the face, but the duck was just not fast at all. It was a stoic in the face of extreme danger. But no, I, I think the thing with Thought Park for replacing rides, it seems to me anyway, because they're kind of, because there's not really any rhyme or reason to the layout. Now, that's maybe a bit harsh, but it kind of feels like everything is on top of each other a little bit. And you might end up caught like to, if you wanted to tear down one of these coasters, it feels to me like you could quite easily end up causing quite a lot of disruption to just getting around the park, like, that seems the case to me like something like swarm you wouldn't because it's kind of off on its own but all the others especially colossus and nemesis they seem quite central to the layout yeah you could end up causing quite a lot of 
disruption if you wanted to do any major work to those yeah very much so um i guess you'd basically have to send everyone through the sort of like main um angry bird slash amity uh location that's all roads mm. would have to lead back to there but then getting to like saw and samurai for example would be a massive pain in the backside trying to navigate around colossus yeah for sure for sure well uh abby your, your first visit uh, to Thought Park, what was your favourite ride, most importantly? I think it was probably Stealth. I did like Stealth, mostly because, well, one, of course, there's always the added benefit of it didn't make me sick. And two, I just really liked the sensation of speed, especially the second time round when we were right at the front, nothing in your peripheral vision. Um, it was literally like making my eyes water how fast we were going. <laughs> and <laughs> not to 80 miles an hour in 2.5 seconds, which is what quicker than a Bugatti Veyron like it's, it's ridiculous so I really like that one that was my favorite and I did also like Swarm as well to be fair um, again I think it's because of the good sort of visibility that I really liked about it and um, obviously it's just a fun ride I think the the most Larry roller coaster that I've been on before this was Space Mountain in Disneyland Paris so obviously the, this these are like way more extreme than that so yeah, I think Swarm and Stealth are my two favourite. I think I would probably agree. I did like Saw just because there it probably was the most highly themed of all the coasters and was kind of the closest to the kind of experience you might get at some of the more IP-driven theme parks like a Universal or a Disney. You know, you had the bit like one of the first drops where you're indoors. It makes it look mm. like you're heading straight towards like a saw blade, which is kind of cool. It's basically oh, yeah. like a gothic horror version of the briar patch bit from Splash Mountain. <laughs> well, you look like you're going to head first, uh, go head first into that, except this time it's a saw blade. Yeah, and you had the little jigsaw as well with some VO. So I quite enjoyed that one. But I think purely from a ride perspective, uh, Swarm was probably my favorite. Like I said, it was smooth it was thrilling but also like enjoyable and sort of had that created that sensation of flight which the smoother mm. coasters are able to do more than the kind of the rough ones which just you're kind of constantly reminded that you're on a roller coaster but swarm there's kind of this slightly out of body sensation to me when you're on those really smooth ones because um yeah can make you feel like you're flying yeah um, that's a very good point what what about you josh any any opinions changed by this most recent of visits or do you still hold the kind of old guard in the highest esteem? Uh, no, I, I think I said previously that I think Saw, um, not Saw, Swarm is definitely up there. I, I think I did proclaim it my favourite at Thought Park last time we went. Um, I did really enjoy Colossus this time though. I don't know, I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, I think Swarm is still still my favourite at this time. Uh, Samurai, of all the flat rides, is still my favourite as well. Mm. So I'm really, really glad we managed to get on that this time. Yeah, just on the flat rides, actually, a quick shout-out to uh, Detonator in the Angry Birds zone. I thought that was good fun. So yeah. it's essentially a drop tower, but you you're, you head up to the top. Uh, it takes you right up to the top very slowly, kind of like... Falcon's Fury at Bush Gardens. I guess Falcon's Fury at Bush Gardens is actually the closest approximation to this of all the drop towers in sort of Florida. Uh, except this one is clearly nowhere near as tall and it doesn't rotate you around so you're facing the floor or anything like that. But it has no. then got a like 
motorized drop like rather than just dropping you it will um it forces the the seat down so there's a a real rush to that one which i liked and the 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 seat restraints on that one i found had more room of any ride that we went on that day so i did not feel particularly secure at all as a small man i <laughs> felt like i could easily fly out of that thing so um that added to it as well just like to say, I'm as a big man, um, I like it is designed in such a way that there is height above you so that you can that you get into this free fall uh situation yeah. so you kind of lift out your seat a little bit. Um, you're still very like so I got a similar, very similar experience, but it's still um very safe. We should say that, yes, for sure. I guess away from rides, you know, there's, there's more to theme parks and just rides. The food experience I found to be quite lacking. There was uh, nothing that really took our fancy, so we ended up in a Burger King with the most annoying royalty-free looping 20 seconds of music <laughs> in the background and sitting there for, I guess, 15, 20 minutes, uh, which is also about how it was probably longer than that because it took about 15 minutes for me to get my order of so-called fast yeah, food. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it was it was quite underwhelming and that music did drive me absolutely insane. Who'd have so, thought that uh, yeah. adding an extra patty to a Whopper would take an extra 15 minutes? <laughs> it's a well-known fact that for every additional patty, the time it takes to cook it trebles. <laughs> so yeah, you should try I'm a triple sure. Whopper. I'm pretty sure they went and killed a cow after Tom Moore did that. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. It felt that way anyway. Uh, I did stop for an additional snack. I did have a donut, which uh, was a very modest donut in comparison to what I've been uh, having this morning. It was just, uh, although I was slightly disturbed somewhat by the fact that there was so much excess sugar on it that when I put the bag down to eat the donut, just put it on the floor, uh, it did not blow away in the wind. Such was the amount of loose sugar in the That's bag. Bad. So, uh, it was a traditional uh, sugar British sugar donut you had, right? Yes, yes. It was it was warm, which was nice, and the coffee was decent. I don't know what the brand of coffee was, but it was it was it was pretty decent. Uh, I've heard good things about the uh, like dipping donuts as well with the chocolate sauce and stuff. I, I was recommended some of those before uh, I went, but um, yeah, just stuck with the solo. A uh, warm, sugary donut. Yes, a British staple. And then I guess the gift shop as well, kind of lacking. You know, I, I can be easily tempted to pick up some Thing Park merch as a souvenir of the trip, you know, a nice mug or a cap or something, but nothing really took my fancy. And uh, it was the same for you guys. Nothing, nothing took your interest. No, exactly. No, not yeah. really. Very generic stuff in there. The lack of uh, caps is always a concern to me at these parks. Right. Yeah, well, I can imagine. Abby, would you uh, be tempted to return when the indoor rides are back? Um, well, going by the fact that indoor rides made me even sicker than the outdoor rides at Disneyland, probably not, to be honest. It's true. It's a small world did... Uh... <laughs> Did throw you for a loop, I seem to remember. <laughs> uh, what about you, Josh? Uh, would you recommend a return? Like, should I be chomping at the bit to go back once the indoor rides do reopen? Because there aren't a ton there, but there's a few that we weren't able to do, like 
the Darren Brown maze, which is... Uh, ghost is that, train is that yeah. new or is ghost train the, the black mirror there. maze that's the new uh, thing right black mirror labyrinth is brand new uh yeah and the walking dead the ride is also uh i guess a re-theme of x no way out cool okay um, yeah i think you know i enjoyed i enjoyed the day i i, I did th- i do it definitely reinforced my view that i do like theme parks that have a bit more theming going on and a bit more to them and so i'm looking forward to alton towers just because it it seems to me like it's a bigger space and there's a bit more going on maybe in between the rides i don't know if that is the right expectation to have but it's just the sense i get from the little i've seen of it yeah um the i i would very much say that it's certainly not a disneyland um but it's it does notch up the um, theming and overall uh, visuals of the park. You know, it's a old manor house, so it's like just nice anyway. Um, so it does turn it up a, a notch from Thought Park, that's for sure. Yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the shop's bigger as without. well. Oh, nice. Well, that's good to know. Uh, I, w- I would like <laughs> to indulge. You know, I, I, feel, I like, like I say. I like a bit of theme park merch. If there are if there are better options to be had there, that would be great. Um, although Abby won't be joining us because of problems no. from the Vestibar system. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely couldn't put my body through that again. Alas, there are gardens there. You know, you could uh, bring a bird watching, bird spotting guidebook, and just you know wander around the <laughs> garden. Just say you could bring a bird and just leave it at that. I mean, as we established earlier, with the we don't need another bad dating podcast out of this. So that's very true. That's very true. Let's I mean, a four-hour drive is a long way to just go to some gardens. I guess so, but you know, you can share in the fun of it all. That's true. I'll think about it if that ticket's still free. I'll think about it. Well, uh, just very briefly, I mean, we had intended for this to be exclusively Thought Park episode, but there were a few bits and pieces of other theme park news. And, Avi, very soon you won't have to drive four hours for the UK's premier theme park experience because the London Resort is still apparently happening uh, just down the road from here. I'm sure, I'm sure you've been keeping up with the whole project since it was first announced about... 47 oh, yeah, years ago and uh as as the expert theme park analyst as you are um what, what do you make of where we're at with this exactly um well as you know i'm, I'm signed up for daily updates on on this news so I, I know absolutely everything there is to know about this new park um you know, it's in um where is it in surrey somewhere and it's got what two roller coasters it's a disney park right this this reminds me of me doing like my German oral exam at school. Like, <laughs> yes, I know all of the things about the stuff that I am being asked about. I like it very much. Sometimes, in fact, I enjoy it also. Uh, thank you. Have a good day. I like football. <laughs> but uh, no, this is this actually looks really cool. So this week's London Resort update is. Uh, a big announcement on uh, one of the themed lands. So we've had these kind of slightly vague descriptions of what the lands are going to be. Stuff like uh, the forest, I think, was one, and uh, the kingdom and the jungle are some of the ones that come to mind. Very forgettable, so I can't remember the others. But now we know that um, one of them is going to be dinosaur 
themed, and it's going to be oh, called uh, Base Camp, which sounds cool. Uh, Josh, have you got the details in front of you? If not, I have here via Kent Online. Um, yeah, I've got some of the details. Uh, obviously, this uh, comes after the Py, uh, PY Jabot said that they'll continue with the park after the um, site becoming an SSSI um, site of importance because of like nature and shit. Uh, I think that's what that stands for. <laughs> Space for hippies is what I'm hearing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Site of special scientific interest. All right, nerd, no one asked you. Yeah, <laughs> that, this, is good, this is a good part, actually. Good guest to have on the show. Abby, uh, avid uh, bird watcher, tweeter. I'd say nature lover, twitcher. Yeah. Have you ever been to this part of uh, the Kent Thames coastline to try and spot... Birds. <laughs> this is a very loaded uh, question. <laughs> Where exactly is it? Uh, just behind Ebbsfleet <laughs> International Station. Well, f- funnily enough, I have been to different parts of the South Thames wetlands sort of regions. Um, and that was to look for Benny the Beluga Whale. So that was more near Gravesend area. But I have not been to place near Ebbsfleet to, to do a bit of bird watching no okay w- would you be offended if a theme park was built in that area <laughs> um i don't know if offended was the word but I, it's always sad when a bit of natural land gets taken over by concrete so yeah i think i would feel a bit sad about that all right pull, pull the cord on his internet connection yep. get this <laughs> get this guy out of here i mean you're security inviting podcast so i know i'm uh it's, this is the wrong audience for that, but yeah, I think so. I think it's it's an important viewpoint to get. You know, we don't get that from Tom or myself, so um, oh, yeah. it's you know important views can still be wrong. It's important to clarify. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, would why don't we just pave over the Amazon rainforest and put a big theme park there? It's a that's a great shout. There's lots of space there. We could have a great theme park. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't trust yeah. the Brazilian government to run it though. So yeah, no. Fair enough. That's probably the, probably the one main reason to not do that. Yeah, but if PY Jabot wanted to do it, I'd be all on board. All on board, yeah. I thought this thing was going to be built in the other quarry near Blue Water. That's what I thought. No, no. That is uh, housing, right? That's that's already housing. Oh, is that already housing? I didn't think that was anything in particular at the moment. Yeah, this is a big construction site, right, though. Yeah. Um, some of the... I guess it, maybe it's a, it's slightly further on, it's housing, because it's quite a big What's quarry. interesting... It's going to be interesting if this goes, because Blue Water has been, uh, for those who don't know, Blue Water, I think it's Europe's biggest shopping centre, but it's been sort of slowly but very noticeably kind of reinventing itself as a bit more of an entertainment hub because, you know, as uh, shopping malls become less about the shops themselves, and, um, you know, I was there last week and there's a surprise, more empty units there right now than I have ever seen at Blue Water in one go. But they've they've always had the cinema, but now you've you know they you see lots of signs up for their like gardens and their um, like nature walks and they're opening like what is one of the biggest like zip line things in Europe as well that's in the works. So they oh, cool. are, they have sort of slowly but surely been reinventing Blue Water a little bit. So it will end up almost um, this and you know if the London Resort goes ahead, they, they might end up competing for the same audiences. Um, 
cash to an extent and they're going to be you know on each other's doorstep pretty much well you will be able to get a fast track between the two so uh yes yes uh, who would have thought north kent is going to become the entertainment hub of britain <laughs> <laughs> but no this uh, this dinosaur land looks really cool they've gone into more detail about it than any other land previously it's going to have two roller coasters the first will celebrate the reign of the Quetzalcoatl. Oh, yeah. Quetzalcoatl. Um, yeah, I know that. It's, a, it's the first sort of bird-like thing, isn't it? I, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a yeah. pterosaur, isn't it? So. Ah. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, it aims to be one of the fastest coasters in... Europe, and this is quite interesting. So instead of having sort of instead of sort of standing high above everything else in this land, it's going to be quite the, the track's going to stay quite close to the ground to kind of you know zip along the tree line rather than above it. So it won't concentrate so much on big drops and that kind of thing. It will kind of be more twisting and turning at sort of ground level a little bit more which is interesting it's going to have multi multi launches um speeds in excess of 70 miles an hour um i mean it's faster than hagrid but in but in terms of its multi launches and how close it seems like it's going to stick to the ground relatively um i'm getting slight hagrid magical creatures motorbikes adventure from the description of this at least uh josh um have you have you got the artwork on that you're looking to look at or i have not got the artwork in front of me no i can't see so it. Uh, you are right it's going to be quite low to the ground uh the most important thing for me is that it is um underslung um looks quite like it would be um sort of like a air slash galactica or Alton towers or uh manta at SeaWorld orlando so you oh, okay. sort of laying down, so a laying down launch coaster. That sounds like a very interesting, very mad. excited. Yeah, no, that might that might come even closer to kind of making you feel like Superman than some of these other lying down coasters already do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. How how would you feel about f- that, Abby? How would your stomach stand up to that? Do you reckon? <laughs> um, I think as long as it's smooth and I can see where I'm going, I think I'd be fine with that. I just hope it, you know, as well as creating the Superman sensation of flight, if it could also even just briefly make me feel like Henry Cavill in some way, you know, if I could step <laughs> off it, towering over everyone else, six foot four, massive abs. A little bit of I mean, green screen on abs, your face. Bigger abs than I have already, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and then the other coaster is going to be a more family-orientated experience, uh, weaving beneath the flight path of the... Uh, pretzelsaurus guy or whatever uh, <laughs> good old pretzelsaurus <laughs> yeah uh yeah this looks so this is in the artwork as well this looks i guess a little bit like a uh flight of the hippogriff or something like that right okay yeah that makes sense um you're also going to have uh, an indoor 1500 seater arena uh a massive biodome with a, a recreation of a dense tropical f- forest a 4D yeah, cool. motion-based ride that will go underwater at points. Ugh. And uh, you're going to have a restaurant that seemingly is set next to an enormous dinosaur, underwater dinosaur tank. 
uh, kind of like the one scene in the Jurassic World films, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a dig site where kids can... Uh, I guess similar... Did they used to have like a dig site for kids to play around in at Jurassic Park? Is that one of the things that they got um, rid of? Because they used to have the Triceratops yeah, experience. Camp was that Cretaceous, animal kingdom, the dig site thing? Yeah, Camp Cretaceous, that sounds right. That was at... Uh, there was one... There is at Animal Kingdom, I think, actually. Right. Um... Yeah, because if you come in from the uh, central island where the tree is and you mm. uh, you come across that bridge there, you have to basically walk past it uh, or under it um, to get to, like, a dinosaur and primeval well and that sort of stuff. And I like here that um, Pajabo addresses fears people might have, obviously, about how dinosaur theme parks tend to go. Uh but he says, um, rather than uh, sort of depicting dinosaurs as villains, as he says, this will be uh, a kind of uh, a vision of what an actual modern day prehistorical nature reserve might actually look like. So kind of celebrating the uh, educational side of what a park like this might be, which um, yeah, that's cool. It will hopefully yeah. make it feel distinct to, you know, the various Jurassic Park lands that are already in existence at various universal theme parks around the world. Presumably, they will spare no expense. Spare no expense. Should also say there seems to be. Uh, it talks about zip lines and climbing walls and archaeological tunnels, as well as um, underwater view, underwater viewing platforms. I think you mentioned. So, mm. it's interesting. No, it sounds it's a cool. Really cool experience. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the application remains with the planning inspectorate, which was put in, I think, in December. So. Um, we're hoping, you know, this might get approved at some point this year and then they're still aiming for a 2024 opening. Good we one. will no doubt all still be living at home uh, in the vicinity, <laughs> so that'll still be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just other, just two other small tidbits. Uh, James Gunn, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy director, has confirmed that he will be directing the uh, show scenes for the uh, upcoming Cosmic Rewind roller coaster at Epcot. And uh, Universal Studios Japan has had to close again because of coronavirus. And uh, Abby will remember, of course, um, I mean, Abby ended up... You, you, this Japan trip that we mourn every so often on the podcast because mm. we didn't go because of coronavirus. Abby, you, of course, did still go. You just didn't... Yeah. Because you were going for, like... Was it, like, culture and stuff rather than theme parks? A bit weird. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, people go to Japan for that kind of stuff, right? No, I don't believe it. Mm. Waste of time. <laughs> Did go to Japan. Obviously had to come back early um, because of something called coronavirus happened. But still managed to get out there in the first place. Yes, I very much look forward to the day when we can go and uh, take full advantage of the trip by making theme parks the focus as they damn well should be. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Unless you've got anything else, uh, Josh, on your list of news and other goodies uh no i think we can leave it there for this week uh, nothing super important right now so nice and uh abby any closing thoughts on uh thought park have you fully recovered i guess i should have asked you earlier have you fully recovered from the experience uh, three days yeah well i managed managed to sleep it off and that seemed to do the trick <laughs> i'm actually in a and e at the hospital in which i work <laughs> yeah with a drip with anti-sickness medications going through yeah, but no, I I enjoyed the day. Um, 
I don't think I would do it again, but it's nice to do it once to see what it's like. So thank you for taking me along and thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, well, you're very welcome. Uh, if you'd like to help us persuade Abby to stop being such an enormous weed and come to Alton Towers, uh, you can email the show podcast at parkrush.com uh, or tweet us at parkrushpodcast. Uh, you can also uh, find the show notes each week at joshualawrence.info, although that will be changing in the not-too-distant future. Very exciting. Uh, you can find every episode at parkrush.com or, of course, subscribe on your preferred podcasting app of choice if you would prefer. And, uh, yeah, take it easy, everyone. We'll see you next week. Uh, I'm sure it will be another busy week of Think Park News. And then the following week will be when we can report back on our Alton Towers trip hopefully with Abhishek in tow and he'll be able to give us some first person account of the gardens I guess <laughs> <laughs> what was the most commonly used type of compost we cross now live to Abhishek the Alan Titchmarsh of the Park Rush podcast <laughs> take it easy everyone goodbye bye see ya